0: Welcome to Once More With Commentary. We're an Angel and Buffy podcast. Why why did I put them in that order this
1: time? Because Angel was so good.
0: (laughs) Sure, sure. Uh, I'm Ginny. And I'm Allie. And today we're going to talk about some interesting episodes. Uh, We're going to talk about Pang's Season 4 of Buffy, and we're going to talk about I Will Remember You in Season 1 of Angel. These are the first, like, real crossovers. Yes. In my opinion.
1: From your tone, I feel like we're going to fight. Oz doesn't
0: count. I know. (laughs) I know. I'm not looking forward to it.
1: (laughs) Tell me how you are first. (laughs) Thank you for asking. (laughs) I'm good. Um, It was like a busy weekend so far. I had a friend's bridal shower and I made the cake, which was like... Oh,
0: yeah. It was beautiful.
1: Thank you. I was so pleased with how it turned out, but it was also like really stressful because... You know, like, I make cakes a lot, but, like, for me. And so if yeah, something goes wrong, really like, yeah. oh, well. But this was, like, you know, if something went wrong, like, she wasn't going to have a cake. So, um, yeah. and, I, and I, you know, and I wanted it to look really well, but, or, you know, nice and everything. Um, But it did, you know, it, it I had to take it, like, three hours in the car. So, you mm-hmm. know, obviously a couple things, like, sort of fell off. But mm. um, nothing was, like, major. Like, I was probably the only one who really noticed. And. I had put a bunch of like fresh mint on it, and it kind of wilted. But I mean, I'm literally the only person who noticed anything wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Like everyone else was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> so yeah, that was very gratifying, you know. Um, and the party was fun. I won a prize, so nice. Um, not for the cake, but
0: for yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> for like games or for whatever. my guessing
1: skills. Um, nice. Yeah, but you know, it's a like it was over in like past Sacramento, so it was like a three-hour drive and almost four on the way there with traffic, so. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, it was always fun to get out of the city a little bit,
0: so. Mm-hmm.
1: And um, there was a ton of delicious, like, Indonesian sweets that I've, like, never had before, and mm. I just took home as many as they would let me. That's pretty nice. <laughs> I was like, yes, I want to take this cake and these cookies, and, um, and then her mom sent me home with this, like, rice pork thing that was, like, wrapped in... I don't know, some kind of leaves, but like it was so good. It was like sticky rice with like ground beef mm. and then, or ground pork. And then um, the only thing is in the middle, there was like a whole chili, and I forgot about that. And I got oh no. eating part of it, and I like almost died. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? How are you? I'm
0: uh, boring today. Um, but I went out on Friday night with a bunch of my girlfriends for a belated Valentine's Day. Oh. And we just went and did karaoke. It was pretty fun. But my throat hurt the next day and also I was hungover. That's, uh, it, was, it was worth it. It was a good time. We uh, belted out some pretty like angsty women songs, and that was very satisfying.
1: <laughs> Feels like appropriate like some, for Galen's yeah,
0: Day. Yeah, I think it was sort of an accident, but then once we got down that road, it was like, oh, it turns out everybody knows the words to Alanis Morissette. <laughs> we, had our, we had our own room for a while, and then we went into the like bar room. But it was a good time.
1: It's always nice when you're hungover after you had fun. Cause like yeah. there's nothing worse than being hungover and you're like, I actually didn't enjoy myself.
0: Or when you're like, Oh, I had one beer and why am I hungover? <laughs> like I had one beer and a meal. Every once in a while, like something will really take it out of me and the next day I'm like, What? I don't think That's I've just encountered the, like, that yet, but Not one. I'm exaggerating. But the whole like getting older and just being more every once in a while I'll like be Not like knocked out the next day, but like, oh, why do I feel crappy? And it'll be like, oh, because I drank a little bit yesterday? I don't know. Sometimes. I know some of our other friends have talked about that before.
1: It's called getting old. Exactly. And it sucks.
0: But that's, along with your point, it's also annoying when you get a hangover, but you didn't really do anything.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Like, this isn't worth it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, if I had known that, I would have just not had the one beer or whatever. Stupid. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's been, it's crazy, like rainy here the last, since like Friday and I, it is just really like, I'm so sleepy. <laughs> I just like, there's rain knocking on my window and it's gloomy out.
1: I so like nice. it, but I feel
0: like I'm extra low energy today. Cause I'm like, Oh, it's just cloudy and sleepy time.
1: Well, there's like zero incentive to go anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wish it would rain here. I'm trying to remember the last time it rained and I can't. I think it was before I left on my trip. Like, I think that week I was, mm. like, trying to run some errands, and it was, like, really raining. But that was, like, six weeks ago, so we need some rain.
0: Yeah. You can have some of mine.
1: Please? Can you just sort of, like, <laughs> tell the clouds to come this way? That would be mm-hmm. really I'll just
0: helpful. helpful. Shoo, I'll shoot them in the other direction.
1: Yeah, go to the West Coast clouds. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys had some really warm weather, too, I saw. Yeah, it
0: was 70 last week. It's terrifying. It was terrifying. Yeah. But I was also so busy at work that day that I didn't even get to go outside. Mandy. It's probably for the best. I don't really enjoy, anomal- like, a days that are anomalies like that because it just makes me mad that, like, I know it's not really spring yet, so, like, stop.
1: And it kind of makes you wonder what weird stuff is coming later in the year. Like, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we had this stretch of I kind of really get a
0: 20-degree warm... day in June because of this. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> and, like you know, blooming seasons get all messed up. Like, we had a stretch of warm weather, and now, like, when we were driving yesterday, I saw a ton of almond trees, like, in bloom. But it's also been, like, almost freezing at night. So, because now it's been really cold. Like, our high has been, like, 50 for, like, the last week. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how cold it's been getting at night, like, inland, but, like, like aren't these buds going to (laughs) freeze? So, Mm I don't know. Just things are all out of whack. But. Uh, speaking of things out of whack, I guess.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, I'll give it to you.
1: (laughs) When are things ever in whack on Buffy? I don't know. That's true. Um, yeah, so, uh, first up we've got pangs, which I think you were nervous about and I was excited about. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I
0: maintain that feeling.
1: I, I do too. I still was excited about this episode. Like, I still really enjoy it. I understand your hesitations, I think, but um, overall, I, it's a fun one for me. But, uh, okay, let's see if I can remember what happened, though. Yeah, uh, tell, tell us yeah. what happened. So, we open up in, uh Buffy and Willow and Anya are watching a dedication of a new cultural center at the university, Um and not there are really out of interest in the culture, but more because Xander is apparently working construction now and mm-hmm. is digging on the site, and Anya wanted to come see Xander dig. Um, and Buffy and Willow, I guess, are there for moral support as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, when they do the dedication, Xander breaks through the ground and falls into what is apparently the old Sunnydale mission mm-hmm. that they thought was lost in an earthquake in like the 19th century. So everyone's really excited about this find, but um, when he falls down into the mission, there's apparently like a spirit trap there. Um, And this is the part I agree is problematic. The vengeful spirit. The
0: whole (laughs) part of the episode, the whole episode.
1: (laughs) The vengeful spirit of a Shumash warrior. Um, Mm -hmm. who then decides to start reenacting all the horrors that were visited upon his people. So he, um, attacks the head of the cultural center and cuts off her ear and he hangs a priest who might know some stuff about, um, the history with the Shumash and the mission. And then he decides to go after Buffy as the strongest Mm -hmm. warrior because he's encountered her along the way. Um, But in the meantime, Buffy's decided that she really wants to host Thanksgiving dinner. Um, Mm -hmm. And so she ropes Giles into having it at his house. And Buffy goes off, you know, kind of intensely about the perfect Thanksgiving meal and starts prepping everything while trying to battle this spirit. Um, Willow gets um, pretty anti-Thanksgiving in the meantime. Like, you know, I think... um, saying everything that, you know, is problematic about Thanksgiving and Columbus Day and celebrating an extermination of Native peoples and all of that. And Xander, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, by falling into the mission, basically got slammed with all the diseases that the Shumash died of throughout history. Mm -hmm. So he's got, like, smallpox, um, syphilis, and malaria, I I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what it was. As Anya says, he's got all of them. So... um, (laughs) He's having a rough Thanksgiving as well. And also having a rough Thanksgiving is Spike, who shows Mm -hmm. up at Giles' door begging for something to eat because, as we learned in the last episode, he has a functioning chip in his head that keeps him from um, attacking any living thing. And so he first tries to go to Harmony for help, and she kicks him out, and then um, his last resort is going to Buffy. And somehow they let him in. Convinces him. Yeah. yeah, I
0: don't exactly know how he won that argument. (laughs)
1: Um, But also going on throughout this whole thing, uh, as we saw in the last episode of Angel, Doyle had a vision of Buffy in trouble, so Angel showed up in Sunnydale to try to help Buffy with whatever mysterious... thing is going on, but he decides that he's not going to tell Buffy that he's in town, but he mm-hmm. tells Giles and he encounters Willow and she finds out, and then eventually Anya and Xander find out, mm-hmm. um, and Buffy's the only one that doesn't know he's in town. Um, so they uh, have this final battle of, you know, at Fort Giles um, mm-hmm. against this Shumash warrior, and he's also raised a few uh, friends as well, mm-hmm. Um and they won't die, so they figure out that they can kill them with their own weapons, and then Buffy slays the head warrior guy once he's turned into a bear for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So they're all victorious. Angel kind of helps out on the sidelines of the battle out of sight of Buffy. And finally at the end, everyone's eating Thanksgiving dinner and Xander spills the beans that Angel was in town. So, right. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> um. Before we
0: talk about this episode, I am wondering if I didn't watch the scene closely enough or if this is just like a plot hole, but how did Spike fight his way out of the initiative if he couldn't hurt anybody? I'm trying to remember if they filmed it in such a way that like, is he kind of making that other guy do all the work for him or is he just evading people? I feel like he probably swung a punch at someone.
1: My understanding of it is if you watch the scene closely, um... Spike did jab that uh, initiative guy with like the syringe and then but then when he fought the other people he like threw the vampire at them mm-hmm. so it's okay. not like direct violence but then also I kind of understood it to be that it took a little time to work to because work. Okay. they had put the implant in but I think like successive instances of violence like kind Got of it. triggered it that's it's okay. always been my understanding but if you do watch the scene closely it, they can kind of get away with it because it's that's sort what of like assuming, indirect that, violence.
0: Yeah, that yeah. he was not, yeah, attacking people directly. Mm-hmm. But then I couldn't remember. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm satisfied with that answer.
1: Yeah. But now he um, can't do anything. So Right. Yeah. So poor I Spine I mean, is th- it's interesting though. They
0: also go out of their way to say he can't harm any living things. But is that true? Can he not like eat a bunny?
1: Yeah, I think that's the implication. Okay. Yeah. Or any good living things. I mean, they do split hairs eventually down the road. So sure. Um, But yeah, at this point, no, he's begging for food. So
0: yeah. But I mean, honestly, it gives us the lovely
1: visual of Spike tied to a chair, getting struck with arrows repeatedly.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Let's 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 talk about the problematic parts first, because
0: I mean, it's the whole thing. It is. I I know, but there
1: is a part that's (laughs) enjoyable. I mean, this is what I was saying. Like, you have to kind of. This is, like, they're they are obviously trying to tell some morality tale here about, you know, settlers exterminating Native populations. And as always, when TV shows and even movies try to do this, it's clumsy, it kind of is awkward, and it doesn't really achieve the end goal. But, yeah, that's problematic. Like, stereotypical, vengeful Native American spirit, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what hasn't been told about that? But, um, and at this point, it's kind of, you know problematic stereotype but once you get past that layer <laughs> this is an extremely fun episode
0: i mean we've got but i guess that's the problem for me though is that they undercut it so much like this is definitely on its face one of the funnier episodes yes and, like it, it just like at the expense of of what i guess it just ultimately like
1: well i don't know if it's at the I, expense because like well, i feel kind, like got, kind of though yeah i, mean, I we, mean
0: we're laughing about xander having diseases but those were real things that happened
1: Right, and I think the only reason we're able to laugh is because we know it's mystical and like it'll go away as soon as they kill the bad guy.
0: But I guess I don't agree. <laughs> I guess I just don't agree with that. I didn't. I never felt this viewing. in past viewings, I have really enjoyed this episode. And admittedly, like when I was younger, these are not ideas that I was really exposed to. Probably not until later in college, about like all the whole pro- problem with Thanksgiving to begin with. Like that wasn't really something that I had heard of much. So. I think to its credit, you know, sometimes people just haven't been exposed to those ideas and it definitely was part of of what exposed me to them initially in my life, however embarrassingly late that was for me. Um, And I do feel like in the 90s, this was pretty progressive for what it was. I just feel like every subsequent viewing, it loses and loses and loses and loses. Like, there's just so many issues with it I, don't I mean, know. I will I guess, say
1: I didn't enjoy the like, you know, mystical Native American spirit who can turn into animals because yeah, he's one with nature and it, all that stuff. Yeah, and
0: that they both refer to the natives as like fluffy kittens and also as vengeful. Like those are both different sides of stereotypes that exist. I also, you know, the Shumash are a real people, which to the show's credit, I think was more than most shows would have done at that point. But to their detriment, you know, people, they there are still Chumash people alive and they definitely refer to them as exterminated, like, over and over again. Um,
1: well, I don't I think, think they meant, like, like, literally non-existent yeah. anymore.
0: But I mean, that's, that's where they hairs, still live. Yeah. That is where, still where they live. Well, <laughs> they, but are on, indi- they are indigenous to that part of California.
1: No, I know, but I'm saying, like, I think they're talking about exterminating from, like, the lands of Sunnydale. Like, I think... I mean, not uh, just but I is, that, that's but I don't still think that's still not accurate.
0: But I guess then why go down this road where you're going to use something that's somewhat accurate, like do, did some research clearly, but not totally. And I guess, but I guess that's my bigger point is that when the episode works, it's because they're underscoring hypocrisy. I think those are the parts that like they make you cringe because you know it's true, but that's also the sort of stuff that works for me. But then to have the episode itself, then, you know, so it's like, I think it is a decent story about like, here's how, here's all the horrible things that happen. And even when they're happening to us in our real lives, we continue to kind of gloss over them and still eat pie. I think that is like a, an, at least it's interesting uh, story worth, may possibly worth telling. But then I think that it really undercuts the episode that they do. the The spirit is so stereotypical and so like... Not nuanced that they don't really give him a chance to speak for himself or to defend himself. You know, this is ultimately I think only they do, white. Though. I think that's no, the problem. He is has because, like three words.
1: Yeah, but like I think like Buffy, like when she first encounters him, like he's not like. I think the idea is like like Willow's the voice of like we should let them say like let find out what he wants and like you know let him you know. Because she's not arguing that he's in the wrong, but, like, this guy is not giving them any chance. Like, that Dean, right, like, she, but, like the first encounter that she has with him, like, the woman who runs the cultural center, like, mm-hmm. she's so excited to see him. Like, you can see on her face, she's like, wow, and then he immediately kills her. Like, he's not giving anyone a right, moment to right, right. talk to but, him, uh, so, like, I don't think again, it matters if they would even try.
0: But that's what I'm saying, though. That's the problem with the episode is that they're presenting these really nuanced ideas, but it ultimately does boil down to this guy is just going to kill everybody. So it is hard to really like Willow can't ever win this argument with Giles because she. Yeah, because she can't ultimately say it's fine because now he deserves to kill everybody because nobody would really make that argument. But I think that that's a really simplistic version of what they're actually talking about. And and then again, it's like I, I get it because that's the model of Buffy and that but I, I you know, those are just the the weaknesses of the episode is that it's not enough nuance that they're only telling the story from white people's perspectives. They're only talking about how Thanksgiving makes them feel guilty and how that affects them, but not about not much. They're not spending much time focusing on the actual people, which like they can't, because they're not those people, but it just makes me question kind of like how relevant this episode is in 2018. I would say it's not very. <laughs>
1: And I'm not trying to say, like, I watch this episode and go, yeah, who cares? But, like, I do think, like, you know, I acknowledge that part. I put it in a little box, and then I just enjoy the rest of the but episode. But I
0: guess that's the privilege, though, right, of not being a Native yeah, person yourself, is that it you is. can just put it in a box, but for everybody else, that or for many people, that is still a thing that they have to think about on a daily basis. So I feel like it is a little bit – you like, I don't think you can just shrug your shoulders and say – it's fine because this all is all in good fun. I don't know. I I'm wanna not bring saying this it's fine to, because it's in good fun. I'm saying
1: that part's problematic. But then, like, what am I supposed to, like, I just, like, I, this is the problem. Like, you're right. I am in a privileged position to be able to do that. And, like, I can feel really bad about that and apologize. And I do. But I also can't help it. Like, you know, it's like I can't suddenly decide that I have... A cultural understanding of the other side, or something, because I don't. And if I were to try to say that I do, then I would sound ridiculous. Like that's but getting I yourself think, in trouble another way. So, but I there guess, is no winning here. So, you know, well, I, I guess think that's
0: why it was hard for me to enjoy this episode, is because it just brings up all these issues. And I appreciate what they're trying to do. And like I said, I think for the time period that it came out in, this was more progressive than anything that you would have seen, or on most of the things that you would have seen on a fairly popular TV show. But I think in 2018. I think kind of underscoring what you were just saying, I need these kinds of stories to be told not from white people because I think that's just doing a disservice to the story. So, but we're or also to the t- his, or to the history, like it's yeah. just it doesn't work for me now. I don't. Well, I now can't watch no, this and but just like how how fair
1: it. are we being to a twenty year old episode of TV? So,
0: but we're constantly putting a twenty eighteen lens on this. Like we've had a lot of discussions, I think, about how, like, the men and women behave towards one another and the ways in which, like, oh, that scene is hard no, for me to I watch agree, now. I agree, but I think... So I guess where I'm, we're I'm coming down on that same point. different
1: sides is I guess you're saying that from now on you're, like, going to always skip this episode of Buffy. And yes. And I'm not.
0: <laughs> that's, yeah, that's
1: fair. I mean, there is no good answer, like, other than, like, boycotting, I, I, but I don't even think that's the right way. No, don't.
0: it's not like... I mean, again, this isn't, like... I'm not saying the whole show sucks now. I don't know. Obviously, we're still doing this...
1: I'm not saying exercise. that's what you're saying. I'm saying like yeah. I I don't know. I I think like there's a lot of like part of whitewashing is like then you just never tell the stories even in imperfect ways and I feel like even watching this episode like it raises important questions and like to then does, just write it off is like how do you, you know, like if you never but, see it done wrongly then how do you know it's done right, you know? But I
0: guess what I'm that that's the point that I'm making that I think what I've learned in the last few years is that the way to around that problem is by letting people tell their own stories. So it's like I don't need to hear Joss Whedon's version of Thanksgiving, even no matter how nuanced or interesting it is anymore. It's but not in that some ways,
1: it's a very white person's version of Thanksgiving to have a bunch of white people sit around a exactly. table and argue about how we wrong Native Americans.
0: True, no, totally. But I guess it's just it's when they bring in. There's just something about this episode where it's like if they had only done one part of it, it might have. I don't know. I. I I think that the episode is trying to underscore the hypocrisy of it all. It ends on her killing a bunch of natives and then having a Thanksgiving anyway. So it's like they know what they're doing. It's just, I don't think it's necessary anymore. I don't need this version of the story in order to get this information.
1: But I mean, I don't think they were trying to be a PSA.
0: No, not the opposite. I think think that ultimately I appreciate what they're going for and I think that part of what they're going for is like having Spike say those things is isn't an accident and I do think that they're trying to underscore how much we all live with this every day and that we should just acknowledge it and I feel like that's the part of the episode that is successful to me but I think the part that's not is that they try to have a like historic a somewhat historically accurate depiction of a native person and it's just not that at all and it doesn't it, that part doesn't eschew any stereotypes. So it's like, on the one hand, they're saying progressive things, but the way that the show treats the native character is not at all progressive.
1: No, I think that's a good point because, I, and you said that much better than I think I was getting at, but this is the thing is like, I, I'm not watching this and going, this is fine, like shrug, like I'll just keep going. Right, it's right, like, right. I recognize that there's problems with this, <clears> but <throat> it's like, you know. I also think that it's also a very accurate depiction of like how people are thinking about these problems. Exactly. That's
0: why it's so uncomfortable because when Spike says those things, you know, he's not, I don't think that you meant that you're like agreeing with him, but I think he says he does because he's the character that he is. He's kind of able to do the Cordelia thing of saying what is true that nobody else is willing to acknowledge. And I think that that is valuable. Like him saying those lines, It's ugly to hear him say it, but you know that it's true. He's so not that wrong.
1: Like that's He's not thing. wrong. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. So like, and, and also we're not taking like moral guidance from Spike. Obviously no. if he said it, it means that that's not how we should be behaving, but he's definitely, I think, attempting to describe how things have happened, not how they should happen. And right. Absolutely. Well, that's, that goes back to my
1: whole point is like, you know, it's the whole thing about looking at history. Like you can acknowledge that it happened in a certain way, mm-hmm. most likely in a horrible way. And, yeah. you, and you don't have to be proud of it. And you can agree that you're not going to try to repeat it. Right. But you also can't just like, I mean, you can't, like you can bend over backwards trying to make amends, but it doesn't matter. You're never going to undo it. You well, know? and
0: I think that's the other part that he says that is true is he's like, how are you going to make up for this? Yeah, There's nothing that you can do. And I yeah. think, again, that's the part that is still true to this day is it's like, that is the... Part of the rope. not to say that we shouldn't try and find solutions or still continue to make an effort, which. But I do think that there is a little bit of him saying that that is. Um, I don't I'm not sure what the right word is, but I don't know. He's being honest in a way that I think a lot of people try not to be, <laughs> you know, for better or for worse. Well, anyway. I had another thought a second ago, and now I forget what it was. Um. Anyway, I, I think that this... W- yeah, so to summarize, <laughs> I think this episode works on the level of pointing out hypocrisies that we all live with. Whether or not we're intending to celebrate them or not, I think that that is something that the episode repeatedly underscores, and that that is very that part is like pretty well executed. It's just that they still fall into then at the same time, they fall into the same, the episode falls into the, all the pitfalls of stereotyping native peoples. And so it kind of like undercuts its own messaging. Right.
1: But do you think maybe that's intentional? Like they're trying I do to think, be I do. like super, I mean, I think this is what that's you said before. Question. Like it's like, they're, yes. they're, they're, they're trying to be progressive and then they like treat these, this character in a completely stereotypical way.
0: I think that you're right, though. That and the, Okay, so, th- yes, that reminded me of another thing that I was thinking about earlier. It's not that the... Uh, sh- damn it. <laughs> I keep losing my train of thought. I do think that they're doing these things on purpose, and that's the part of the episode that I think is sloppy, is that they're getting to be too clever. They're trying to sh- kind of do gymnastics to show you how clever the progressiveness of the episode is and the like bald facedness of it is and the whatever. But at a certain point you can't, you actually can't do all those things or at least you can't do it in this way. I think. So I think, I think they, that that's kind of the part that fails, right? Is that they're trying to be too clever and try and say that we're okay. or I don't think that they're trying to say they're okay. I do think that they're trying to point out problems, but I, it does still feel like ultimately they want us to kind of like laugh and move on at the end of it. And it doesn't feel like that should be really be the end message from where they start
1: yeah no i think willow's arc in this episode is a good example of that where like they're trying to be really clever with like willow's basically the um the character saying all the anti-thanksgiving things and um you know reading all the books about the atrocities and everything but and and then upset that the first sign of violence she basically turns against these uh spirits because right. she's trying to save her own life. I mean, that's the thing that they, the argument they're tr- cleverly trying to make is like you can have ideals until faced with like violence and then it's mm-hmm. like ideals kind of go out the window in the face of violence a lot of the mm-hmm. time. Um, but you're right. And like maybe that's just not the right way to do it.
0: And it's interesting too because I found my... At the end of the episode, I was like, man, I wish they had found a way to deal with this that didn't involve Buffy killing him. But I also think that would have been a big cop out. So... I'm not sure, you know, again, like a lot of things ultimately don't work for me in this episode, but I, I do think it at least was the right choice to admit that like, this is what we're doing and not to have some sort of like, oh, but it was all okay in the end because we didn't kill him. Wouldn't have really also wouldn't have like matched with the rest of the episode.
1: Yeah. And do you think that's why they had Buffy kill him as a bear? Probably. So that it wasn't like she was Was killing a little less
0: person. It's a good point.
1: Or they just really wanted to have a bear.
0: I mean, I did enjoy the, like, mechanics of having a bear fight scene.
1: <laughs> well, I love Spike yelling, uh, bear, bear, it's a bear, yeah. make it stop. <laughs> and Buffy saying, undo, undo. Yeah,
0: um, It's true. Um, well, can we talk about Angel?
1: The show or the... No, Angel, oh, the, Angel, uh, Angel's okay. appearance in this episode. So yeah, yes.
0: Because I think that's the other thing that, like, this is kind of a weird crossover episode in that they don't actually cross, over like, Buffy and Angel don't actually cross over. Um, but I don't know. I don't like his whole, she shouldn't know that I'm here. No, that makes business. no sense. It's It doesn't make sense, and it's really, like, overbearing. Like, Angel, you don't know better than she does. Well,
1: it's really condescending. Like, yeah. I'm doing it for her own protection. I mean, he's also not entirely wrong, though, because, like, she's sensing that he's there, and it's kind of, mm-hmm. like, throwing her a little bit, but... I think it would be better if she knew what she was sensing instead of, like, something's off. like Right, right. You know. But then if, we, if he had told her, then we wouldn't get the next episode.
0: That's true. So really this is a two-episode tease to the next episode. We have Doyle's vision in the last Angel episode, then this episode, and then the Angel episode.
1: <laughs> Which is the best thing about both of those episodes. <laughs> That's
0: fair. It is funny, too, though, because, like, Buffy's constantly facing things. Like, why did Doyle get a vision about this one?
1: Yeah. I mean, if Angel hadn't been there, was Buffy gonna die? I'm not sure. Yeah, it doesn't seem
0: like they were, this is like, not a particularly, like, uh, you know, it's not, like, sometimes when she, like, really can't beat somebody for, like, weeks on end in the show.
1: Do you want to do the Angel recap? Sure. Or do you have anything more to say about Pans? That's what I was
0: trying to decide. (laughs) I mean, I did enjoy watching Buffy fuss about her Thanksgiving meal, and to, you know, there's the, like, Xander shows up looking like he's literally dead and she's like, Oh, you didn't bring rolls? Like I did. I, I do think this episode is really funny.
1: Yeah. I, I like her berating I like Giles her. about not having a ricer. And yeah. then she's like, what's a ricer. What's a
0: ricer? Yeah. <laughs> um, and she's right that you need to make fresh whipped cream. Although I do like the canister kind. Also, it's just, they're different things.
1: Yeah. I don't necessarily agree with her that, you need to somehow source fresh peas in November because no, one, God, no. that's not going to exist. And two, if you're already making all this stuff for Thanksgiving dinner, you're sure as hell not shelling peas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: I'm a, and yeah. if
1: they're mushy, then you don't know how to cook them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I actually ate a lot of peas this week. Some of them were mushy. Frozen peas. Mushy um, peas aren't that bad. Yeah, that's pretty good. I got a new cookbook and there's a lot of peas in, the, in all the recipes. <laughs> Um, anyway, so moving on to Angel, uh, I will attempt to recap the episode. So coming off the heels of pangs at, you know, Xander spills the beans at the very end about how Angel has been there. And so Buffy is supposedly down near LA to visit her dad, but she swings by Angel investigations to kind of say, Hey, what, what were you doing? So she and Angel sort of have this like awkward confrontation where she's saying you you know we agreed not to see each other and you're not supposed to come back and blah 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 blah. and meanwhile Cordelia and Doyle Cordelia kind of fills Doyle in on what this is how what their dynamic is always like and blah 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 so Buffy and Angel just kind of end up rehashing kind of the breakup of season three of like all the reasons that they can't stay together and the reasons why they need to stay away from each other but while they're having this conversation a demon of some kind breaks through the window and attacks Angel um, and before they can kill it Angel gets some of its blood like on himself um, and he starts to feel kind of weird um, so he and Buffy venture off to find this demon and as when they do eventually catch up with him maybe it's only Angel on his own um, basically he gets even more blood mixed with his own blood and it turns out that it, it has regenerative pro- regenerative properties so it turns Angel into a human so he gets his soul back. He doesn't have superpowers. He's just a guy. a regular. He already re-
1: had his soul. I think that's the. Well,
0: oh, fair enough. Good yeah. point. Um, but he's a human. You're yeah. right.
1: I always have been in
0: my whole life been refer- thinking about it as like, oh, yeah, and he gets his soul back. But he gets it back permanently. Like it's not yeah. a curse anymore. Yeah. So he goes to he tries he wants to try and figure out like if this is permanent or if this is just a like want like a sort of temporary effect and so doyle takes him to these oracles that supposedly have a direct line to the quote-unquote powers that be and they do tell him that this is a real thing that has happened so he goes to find buffy and they're obviously thrilled and have sort of an awkward encounter but then eventually just fall into like a pretty typical pattern of like a girlfriend and a boyfriend and they get to sleep together with no consequences (laughs) meaning angel doesn't lose his soul and that he gets to eat food and enjoy it. And all these kinds of wonderful, like small daily things that come with being a human. Um, but unfortunately he finds out that the demon is still, it, it has regenerated itself. So it's still around and he decides to take it on himself to go and kill it kind of to prove that he can do it as a, as a human, as a mortal, that he can still like fend for himself and not put Buffy in more danger. Um, but anyway so at the end of the day he has to make this choice which is that oh I'm sorry the demon gives him this like weird kind of prophecy about how many more things are on their way and how it's going to put Buffy in danger and so eventually Angel goes back to the oracles and says does that mean that if I stay human Buffy's going to die or die sooner than she would and they t- basically tell him yes and so he decides to give up his life so that he can go back in time for a day and stop this whole thing from happening. Which is pretty sad. So at the very end of the episode, he goes back in time by a day and he's the only one that remembers what happened. So he's the only one who knows that he was ever mortal and that he and Buffy had a chance to be together. And instead, she comes into his office and he kind of dismisses her and then that's the end of their interaction.
1: Well, he kills the demon. Oh
0: yeah, and he kills the demon without getting any of its blood on him.
1: Yeah. Cause he knows how to kill it now. Right. <sighs> but yeah. So, I mean, this
0: one is like pretty heartbreaking cause we finally get to see Buffy and Angel together and what it would be like if they didn't have to worry about all these other crazy things that they've always had to deal with. Um, and then it snatches it away from us at the very end.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think on its highest level, I mean, this episode is like heartbreaking to watch every time. Um, But I think on its highest level, it's serving this purpose of, you know, meanwhile on Buffy, right? Like, she's Mm -hmm. flirting with Riley and, like, kind of starting to, you know, move on. And I think it's just, like, the last final reason argument as to why Buffy and Angel can't make it work, right? Like, you said, like, they're rehashing a lot of the arguments that they had in um, the end of last season Mm -hmm. and basically coming to the same conclusions with this – with this, even more heartbreakingly so, with this interlude of angel actually knowing what it could be like, mm-hmm. um but then deciding like that's it, we're not gonna see each other, we're definitely like not gonna you know no no secret visits to each other's cities, and you know it's just like a a breakup all over again, but I think mm-hmm. it's serving this purpose of like for the audience of like nope, stop wishing this is definitely yeah. not gonna happen, and everyone's moving on and i don't I think that's kind of. Whether they needed to have an entire episode of Angel to do that, I don't know, but it's a great episode, so I guess I'll take it.
0: <laughs> well, see, that's funny because I actually wish that this that this dragged out a little longer because I feel like they raised a lot of very interesting points. Well, they didn't really raise them explicitly, but they were my questions. And now I'm like, man, I wish they had had another episode to kind of sit with this because I guess what I'm trying to say is that like, yeah, of course, Buffy and Angel have a great time for a day, but like would she really still love him if he wasn't a hero? You know what I mean? Not, I, And I don't mean that as a, like, Buffy shallow, but, like, I think one of the reasons that they're drawn to each other is because they're on a mission and they're, like, soldiers in the same war. And there is something about, I feel like, stripping that away from Angel, then he's going to just have the same problems that she has with Riley down the line, which is that she's a superhero and he's just a human. So, not obviously, I don't want them to make, like, a whole season-long arc out of it, but I do kind of wonder if if it could have dragged out a little bit longer, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious, like what is human angel really like what, then what is his purpose? Cause I guess what I'm saying is that part of why I feel like on the one hand, this is also like him recommitting to like his role as a selfless hero in LA, who's going to battle the forces of darkness. But also I think, I kind of think that he himself doesn't want to live with this version of himself that can't do anything about it, you know? But like, I guess part of it seems like insecurity to me.
1: I don't know if it's insecurity or if it's that, you know, Angel coming to this conclusion that he's a hero in the battle against evil was a really long road, right? Like, mm-hmm. when he was first helping Buffy, he wasn't helping her because he thought he was, he was doing it just for the sake of doing it. It was because he didn't want, you know, he fell in love with Buffy and he wanted Buffy to be safe and didn't want, you know, her to struggle. So he was helping her. And then when he comes back from the hell dimension you know, he kind of makes this decision, like, to live and to do it as an agent for good. Mm-hmm. And then he he's had this a couple times during the run of Angel as well, like, reaffirming his mission. Mm-hmm. And so I think for him, it's a decision of, like, what's more important. Is it, like, he's arguing it here as, like, Buffy's life, but I think it's also, I think you're not wrong in that it's Angel deciding he wants to be a hero. And mm-hmm. I think it's Angel deciding, like, if... Like, if this is really what he's living for and what he's dedicated himself to, like, then he, then in order to keep doing it, this is what he has to do. Like, you know, he can't, he has to give up this thing that he most wants in the world. And he's, and he's framing it. I mean, it's a convenient thing to be like, oh, and this means, like, I think it's really that if he stays human, then he loses everything. Like, he loses Buffy and he loses his ability to help. Right, fight evil but if he stays as a vampire then he can't have Buffy but he can have this mission that's Mm -hmm. going on um so I it is I think it would have been interesting to see play out I don't know how they make that work between two shows but um I think they cover it as well as they can within 45 minutes essentially Uh, yeah
0: no I agree Mm -hmm. but I guess I do wish then that they hadn't given him the out of like Costing Buffy's life too, and that he had had to just make this decision as a, completely a sacrifice. Now that you've said that, does that I, make I sense? I agree. I
1: do think that yeah, would have been I a more interesting. That would have been a better
0: mm-hmm, because it does kind of like yeah, the way that is presented to him, he kind of doesn't have another option. So he's a little bit. It is a little bit taking away from his like self selflessness that like well, also she'll die sooner if you if you keep if you keep this choice. Not to say that he's not still giving up a ton, but. I think it would have been better if he had had to give it up without that caveat. Um, but, yeah, well, I, I guess, guess I just... the hard
1: choice is that he's not... I mean, the the cheat, right, is that, you know, Buffy won't remember. So it's not... True. Like, in some ways, it's a hard decision because he's also taking it away from her. But he's also kind of not because <clears throat> she won't remember. She so, won't, right. I mean, and this is the thing that always gets me about this episode are the next few episodes of Buffy where Buffy's just right. going about life and doesn't know what happened. yeah. You know, like, Angel's the only one who has any idea what happened in that final scene where Buffy's just really pissed at Angel, and, like, all he can do is just say, yeah, you're right, and, like, yeah. bye. Like, he can't say anything, and it's, like, it's so heartbreaking. Like, that's the worst part of this whole episode, I think. Yeah. Um, in, a, in a good way. The worst, best part, I guess. Right, like, right, right, yeah. right.
0: Um, I I do feel, though, like, this episode kind of comes on... it. It repeats what he was doing in the last episode of like being condescending and paternalistic to Buffy when she really has demonstrated over and over again that she doesn't need or require that. You know what I mean? So like it is annoying to me that he makes this decision without her. Like she he does get her buy in at the very end, but I think it would have again like it is kind of this pattern of Angel that in their relationship that he thinks that he knows better than she does, that he knows he needs to make this decision, but he does take away her memory of that day too, without even asking her. And right. I kind of, I guess he was, I guess I'm just saying that streak uh, in his personality really irritated me in both of these episodes where it was like, why didn't he go talk to her about it first? Cause she does ultimately agree with him. And I think there's kind of no question, right? That of course, Buffy, Buffy is also a hero and she understands this, this specific sacrifice as she's made it herself. So like, I think there's not, like, a question of whether or not she would have gone along with it, but I do think he at least owed her the courtesy of, like, explaining it to her before he makes a decision on his own.
1: I mean, yeah, and I think also you see that in that scene where he doesn't wake her up to go fight yeah. the demon. But yeah. I think I thought about that a lot because I was really irritated that he did that because he's acting like he—he like he kind of frames it to Doyle of, like, I don't want to put her in danger— But
0: Buffy's the only one with
1: powers at this point that is capable of fighting this thing. And Doyle rightly points that out. But I think think what we're meant to think for Angel is that, you know, before they go to sleep, like, Buffy's just thrilled to be, like, a normal girl falling asleep with her boyfriend. And he doesn't want to wake her up and kind of end that. But it's still dumb, like, because it's still acting like, oh, Buffy could get hurt. Like, yeah, Buffy could get hurt, but, like, you could get killed because... Mm -hmm. You know, and I think he realizes it in that scene when the, he basically gets, you know, his ass handed to him by a yeah. demon. So, yeah. Um, and, and you're right. Maybe that's also part of it is Angel just doesn't want to be helpless. So
0: I, I feel I feel like his ego is playing a bigger part of it than the episode kind of emphasized. But that's also just my personal take on it. Um, that may or may not really be there. Yeah. What was the name of that demon? Mor- the Mora demon? Mora demon. Mora demon? Yeah. I guess I'm a little confused. Is that something that comes up again, or why did it why did it come after Angel in the first place?
1: Well, because they called it, like, an assassin demon. Yeah, it made so, it seem
0: like it had been sent by somebody.
1: Uh, my assumption was always that Wolfram and Hart sent it, and okay. it's just kind of my... Like, they never... I don't know if... I don't remember if they, like, confirmed that. Okay. But, like, just based on the fact that, like, not in the last episode, but in the one after the... Um, Sense of sensitivity, we see mm-hmm. Wolfram and Hart like kind of looking at video footage of Angel, like, okay. okay, we need to do something about this. Like, I feel like it's just a continuation of that. And like, that might not be true, but my assumption was always that it's Wolfram and Hart.
0: Yeah. Okay. I mean, that makes sense to me, but.
1: Yeah. When in doubt, it's Wolfram and Hart.
0: <laughs> um,. Uh, this is the first time that we see the oracles, but it's not yes. the last time.
1: No. And and I do kind of like that, you know, as much as this episode felt like a side journey from Angel, like Cordelia and Doyle are barely in the episode, and it's mostly about um, this time that Buffy and Angel are spending together, but I do like that we're setting up stuff to come. Mm-hmm. Like the oracles, like they're going to come back. Yeah. Um, um, although we're seeing a little bit more about Doyle's lying to the powers that be, that feels a little bit like a retcon. <laughs>
0: yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> like, why hasn't
1: he mentioned these guys before?
0: <laughs> well, and yeah, and that he's like, oh, I only... Angel's on a need-to-know basis. Like, what what else does... Why is Doyle being entrusted with any
1: information? <laughs> I don't think Doyle knows either.
0: Yeah, but I guess he makes it sound like he has a bigger part in this when it's like, you have the visions, and I think that's kind of the end of the story. Yeah. Well, I don't remember. Maybe something else happens in the next couple episodes, but... um. But yeah, I mean, I, I know I've said that before, though, that like, that whole, the concept of the powers that be is not my favorite. I think it always is a little bit vague and like deus ex machina kind of for the episodes. So like, just it's conveniently there when they need it. And then they kind of don't talk about it when they don't.
1: I didn't like Buffy referring to it in this episode, where she was like, oh, the powers that be or whatever, like she knew it was some thing that was a, like...
0: Like at the end of the episode, like she's,
1: maybe Angel told her about it. I don't know. But she's like talking about it like it's a thing like, oh yeah, the powers that be. And I'm like, wait a second, how do you know about the powers that be? Mm. I do, okay, so the other things about this episode, like, so this is Buffy's first trip to LA, um, in a Mm -hmm. post-Angel world. Um, I did like her and Cordelia picking up kind of where they left off of just like bickering with each other you know, and yeah. Cordelia's version of like who Buffy is to Doyle. is really funny. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's true. I did like yeah. Cordelia in this episode.
1: Um, I, I didn't really understand her, her. Like, Oh, this is what they do. They, they, t- they talk and then they just fight. And it's like, do they have a history? I mean, like when angels evil, maybe, yeah. but like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: I did like the running gag of everybody asking. Angel yeah. if He was evil in the
1: last episode.
0: I think it's really exasperated with it by the end.
1: Um, uh, yeah. Angel. I mean, and I, well, well, I will say one thing I do okay. enjoy about this is, like, Buffy's obviously a big part of this episode, but it really works for me in that it is still ultimately Angel's episode. Like, it's always kind of from his point mm-hmm. of view and, um, like, the consequences and the decisions and stuff. And so even though Buffy's there and we get Angel and Buffy together in a way that we haven't seen since, like, the se- season three of Buffy, like, it still feels like an Angel episode. Which I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, I want to
0: revisit another a thing that I said earlier and just kind of okay. ask your opinion about it. But do you think that if, if, if this had worked out and Angel stays a human, do you think Buffy would still stay in love with him? I think it's kind of a naive thought that she has, which is like, of course, I would love him no matter what. But it's, it is a huge part of his identity. You know, nobody is one specific thing. Like, nobody is only one facet of themselves. But I feel like it's kind of, like, naive to think that it's not a bigger part of who he is. I don't know,
1: because I don't know if I necessarily agree that, like, Angel being heroic is the thing that Buffy loves about him. Because, like, she kind of was in love with him before she even really knew too much about him. Right? So, like, it's more like she was Mm -hmm. just intrigued by this guy. And so I feel like... I almost always wonder if, like, Buffy's feelings for Angel would just fade anyway, because it's more of, like, infatuation than love, so... Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. I mean, we never have to find out, but... Yeah. Right. Right. I guess
0: I do always think that there is, especially, like, in the later part of season three, there's, like, all these cool scenes of them fighting together and just, like, really being a team, and I feel like that is part of it for her. Well, for both of them, really, but...
1: But, I mean, I don't know, because I feel like, Hmm. given a choice, Buffy wouldn't be doing all this fighting anyway. Like, I think she does it now because... And she feels that, like, it's her duty because she knows she has these powers, but if she didn't have Slayer powers, like, I don't know if she would feel that same sense of duty. Like, because... Hmm.
0: You know, they, they do bring that question up in Buffy yeah. as well, it, at least in Helpless, but I feel well, like she another in episode Helpless, but also... in Helpless, I think because
1: in Helpless, in some ways, she knows her powers are coming back, right? So...
0: But I mean, her considering, like, what would I do if I yeah. didn't have this? <laughs> would I still be part of this fight against evil? I don't evil? remember if they
1: ever really answer that question. I don't feel yeah. like they do. But yeah,
0: I guess that's kind of part of it for Angel 2, though, right? And I don't mean this part to, like, undercut the decision that he makes, but... I, it would be really difficult to have lived this long and to know so many things and then to be not able to do as much about it because like you know willow and xander are humans and they do find i think some way you know ways to be helpful and useful to the team but it would be much harder to be one of the most powerful members and then still know everything that you knew but not be able to do anything about it yeah you know not anything but to not do very much Mm. Yeah, but I guess I wish. So I guess that's the part where it's like, okay. so Angel wants to go. He he does leave Buffy in bed to go fight this demon, partially because he wants to prove either to her or himself that he can still do this, even as not a vampire. But I do kind of wish that that's this is another one where I'm like, maybe if this had dragged on for two episodes that we could have kind of seen him get hurt more or seen him be like Buffy in Helpless and come up with different clever ways to keep doing using the knowledge that he already has. Hmm. I, that's not because, like, I think that's not a failing of this episode or anything. It just piqued a lot of curiosities for me that I wish I could have seen play out a little bit more.
1: No, I I, I agree with that. I think um, it would have been interesting to see him wrestle with it a little bit more. It just feels a little bit um, rushed in some ways.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it just got rushed at the end. Yeah. Well, what do you make of the Mara Demon's prophecy also? Well... Because it seems specific but it's also really vague
1: (laughs) it seems specific and I was really racking my brain trying to remember if it actually has anything to do with the end of this season um Mm -hmm. and and I don't remember (laughs) so um it does I do feel like it's supposed to play into like the larger arc of this show of like where Angel's going you know like I think it's supposed to be a little bit of foreshadowing um okay but it it also feels very like you know everything about Angel is a prophecy, right? Like, the angel, like this vampire mm-hmm. with a soul. And I don't even remember if they've... I don't think they've uncovered that yet. But I think Angel as a show goes to that well a lot of, like, prophecies and, yeah, like, mystical yeah. foretellings. And, you know, I, I guess naturally so with a show about a character with um, visions and a pipeline to the powers that be and oracles mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Um, and this might be one of the first times we're really getting a sense that there's, like, a larger... Um, destiny in store for Angel. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think we got little hints of that anyway, like with the first trying to kill Angel and all of that. Yeah, Um, that's true. But I think the Mora Demon is the first time, like, on Angel, like someone's overtly, like, there's bad things coming, you know. Okay. So now we're in the eighth episode of Angel, so I guess that makes sense. Like, we're starting to get to the halfway point, and, you know, we've, Mm -hmm. we've done a lot of table setting successfully or not you know, they've started to really introduce us to this world and now they can get yeah. the story going. They should
0: really be cashing in yeah, on things exactly. now.
1: <laughs> I think the Mora demon yeah. is a cool demon. Like, I, I do love the idea that there's a demon mm-hmm. whose blood can, like, regenerate Angel.
0: I was so mad at the first half of this episode because I was like, what's the evolutionary purpose of having regenerative blood if you still die? And then he yeah. came back and I was like, oh, okay, never mind. So,
1: <laughs> but I guess the big question I was wondering is, like, is this the first time this has happened where a vampire has fought a Mora demon? Like, probably. Vampires don't usually mm. fight other demons. And like, mm. But, like, what would happen if, say, like, Spike encountered this blood and right. he doesn't have a soul? Like, would it restore his soul or would just the body... I think he would
0: have got... I think it would have. I don't know. I think it would have restored the soul. Because they've made because this point of
1: the soul being separate from the body, so...
0: They do, but that also seems inherent to humans that all humans have. But them. how
1: interesting would that be to have a vampire regenerate to be alive, but not have a soul? Mm-hmm.
0: Interesting. I think it would be just as interesting to have a human spike who does have his soul back all of a sudden, because that's kind of a different predicament than like being the vampire version of yourself who gets its soul back.
1: Yeah, or the flip side hmm. of that of like either way, a either way, yeah. I, I agree with you.
0: Right. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Especially because the shows have both have historically kind of blurred that line of, like, you know, mm-hmm. Buffy's, like, someone with a soul did this, and it's, like, I mean... Right, right.
0: <laughs> yeah. People are evil. <laughs> um, well, I guess it's time to write our own Spike fan fiction. You take human with no soul, and I'll take human with a soul. Okay. <laughs> um... Uh, just one quick thing that bugged me in this episode, this has nothing to do with the actual plot, but so Buffy and Angel fight the more demon in the office and then they like agree that they're going to go out hunting it in the sewers and Buffy's like, okay, but hold on. I have to go get changed. She takes her hair down and then puts oh my on a God, white yes. sweater. I was like, what are you doing? You made yourself, prim- you primped yourself up to go in the sewer. Like she what are you talking about? She decides
1: to go demon hunting in a white sweater. That drove me Stop. Insane. In the sewer. In the sewer. I know.
0: Like you're definitely gonna get this dirty.
1: You are wearing black when you also show up. for someone just swinging by to like say her piece to Angel. Like, did she have like a duffel bag in a car somewhere because like she?
0: Well, she said she was. Visiting I know, her dad. but like,
1: did she? She had a lot of changes. That's a good of clothes, question, though. So,
0: yeah, that is a good question. I did also like the part where they when Cordelia and Doyle came back into the office. She was like, she dusted him. Oh no, it's just <laughs> dust. <laughs> uh, Cordelia classic um actually something that you said when we were talking reminded me of just a a quick foreshadowing I I, possibly accidental possibly on purpose that happened in pangs which is at some point um you know the spirit cut off the somebody's ear and they were talking about when the Scoobies are trying to figure out like okay what did this and what happened blah 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 and like Willow kind of made an offhanded comment about like building a demon out of other parts I thought that was interesting oh yeah I didn't catch that. I was like, oh, this sort of is going to happen down the line in this particular season. So, I don't know. I couldn't tell if it was intentional or not,
1: but I liked it either way. I was just noticing more, like, Willow wanting to turn to spells again, so. Oh. Like, she was like, oh, there's some... I didn't even think about it. Maybe there's some Wiccan thing or, you know, like, um, I think I saw a potion and it turns out to be, like, the stuffing recipe, but... (laughs) Oh. I did like that. Sage. <laughs> Sage, salt, onion. Salt. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, the fact that she knows that there are some spells that get a bit more oomph with an ear. Yeah, that was a little yeah. bit dark. But I like that Buffy kind of called her out. Like, she was like, uh, interesting hobby you got there. Well, what's up next?
0: I, don't, I really don't know this run of... Angel episodes. Uh, oh. I
1: So next week is going to be, a, I think, a good one. So um, mm. for Buffy, we've got Something Blue.
0: I do like that episode. And
1: we have had a request for a guest for that. Um, oh. Yes. Claire would very much like to join us to talk about Something Blue. Okay. Um, she said it's one of her favorite Spike episodes.
0: Okay. That's fair. Which I, I would agree I with think that. it's a great episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> and, um, and then the Angel episode is Hero, which is okay. Doyle's last episode. Ugh. So So I am excited to watch both of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the day you have been waiting for has come. It's the day I've
0: been waiting for. Let's get a positive spike interaction and a d- end of Doyle. Yeah. Although again, Doyle was fine in this episode. So I think it really is just kind of like, I, I I wish they had just not made that choice to make him such a pervert and like a creep because he's fine when he's not doing that.
1: I mean, we've been I mean, back and forth about this. I mean, I think the open question I still have is, did they even realize they were making him such a creep?
0: Right, I'm sure that they didn't, but yeah. it is uh, still annoying to me to be like, oh, I could have, I, I guess ultimately the Doyle character still isn't bringing that much to the table for me. Um, no. But... Ugh, but they didn't do him any favors.
1: Um, okay, so one more thing. I feel like it's gotten a little dark um, with our, you know, human rights discussion and our yeah. uh, discussion <laughs> of a tough, heartbreaking episode of Angel. Mm-hmm. So uh, I do have one more thing that I want to say about this Angel episode. Oh, yeah.
0: I forgot about this
1: already. Yeah. Uh, are you ready? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to tell the epic story of Buffy and Angel. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Cursed from the start, Buffy and Angel. Oh, boy. (laughs) What do you get when the Slayer and the world's most scratchy vampire fall hard for each other? A tragic, toes-wrenching romance rivaling that of Romeo and Anya. That's what? When Buffy and Angel first met, she didn't know that this charming, grouchy guy had a big secret. A reformed steak-thirsty vampire, hungry for purpose, Angel was dedicated to helping Buffy canoodle evil. Buffy overcame (laughs) her initial disgust with Angel's true nature once she learned he had an alligator and that he wasn't responsible for moping her mom. Their mutual (laughs) slimy attraction meant that they couldn't keep their fingernails off each other.
0: Good times
1: soon turned round when, after consummating their couch, Angel lost his humanity and became 8,000% demon. It was a risk worth lurking, but none would ever be the same. Even after Angel regained his soul, they realized that their banana could never exist in the ways they so desperately wanted. First love bites.
0: Some of those were like two on the nose accidentally, and then a couple were like real non-suck withers. Yeah. Uh, I do like a Romeo and Anya. Yeah,
1: because I'm like kind of thinking that could have been possible. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. I like that he's 8,000% demon. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that feels right,
1: too. Yeah. (laughs) Um, On that note, do you have any pop culture recommendations for us?
0: I do. I have one that I'm going to save for next week because I personally need to sit with it longer.
1: Okay. And so this one is sort of a cheat
0: because I've definitely talked about this before, but I think that it bears repeating. I started playing... um, Nancy Drew computer game I started playing the first one that I ever played replaying it so Allie introduced me to these Nancy Drew pc games um I play them on a mac so why did I call them a pc game but you know they're like little point-and-click adventures and mysteries with puzzles and and the like for you to solve and uh shadow what shadow Shadow at the the water's water's edge yeah is the first one that I ever played and I have a really, you know, like as with anything, like the first one that you do, you're like, oh, that one was the best. And so like, as I've been playing the other later Nancy Drew games, like I always was like, man, but none of them are as good as that, that first one that I played. And I wasn't sure if it was just my memory or if it was actually better. And I'm here to tell you, it's definitely better. <laughs> I, it's definitely my favorite one still. Now I just finished playing another one last week. Um, but this one is like, it's set in Japan. You're staying at a Ryokan, like a little, um a little hotel, kind of, that's, like, very, like, traditional Japanese style, and there's, like, it's supposedly haunted by a ghost, but, like, this one is pretty scary. It's definitely scarier than the later games that I've played, and the characters are pretty interesting. There's just kind of more that you can, there's more decisions that I feel like you can make as a player that, versus in other games where, like, you really only have, like, two questions that you can ask each person and they both end up telling you things that you need. Like in this one, you can ask people the wrong question and die. (laughs) Um, so I don't know. I just, I'm enjoying this one a lot. Like the setting is really fun. The puzzles are better. They're all just like Sudoku. And, um, I forget the name of the other, the other ones, but they're like, actual puzzles that exist in the real world, as opposed to like some of the later games, they like really have to come up with like stretch the limits of like what could make a good puzzle. And like, I find them kind of frustrating sometimes because they're not necessarily, they're not always something that can be like easily logicked. Like sometimes it's just like, you have to try it 50 times before you get it versus these ones are like, clearly like you have to spend a lot of time on them, but they're, there is a fine like they're finite kind of, I don't know. Anyway, I'm just really enjoying it. And you get to ride the subway which is a fun game for me to play i don't know and it's scary like i said it's the scariest one for sure
1: yeah i um haven't played that one in a while but i do remember it being maybe like a little scarier than normal for those games mm-hmm. but also like mm-hmm. it, yeah it, i i think you're right like everything about it is like just makes it fun like the setting the games the characters <laughs>
0: Yeah. And I'm trying really hard not to cheat this time. I've literally cheated on every game I've ever played um, in my life. And since I've already played this one once, I'm playing it on the more difficult setting and I'm not cheating.
1: Yeah. And like, I think I told you when I was staying in a Ryokan in Japan mm-hmm. and I accidentally like, <clears throat> well, you and I were talking about it. So I like Googled this game and I saw the image of like yeah. a particularly <laughs> scary moment from the game. And I was like about to go in the onsen bath in the Ryokan oh, no. like by myself. And I was like, this is a horrible <laughs> idea.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I'm really, yeah. It's fun. I'm in the middle right now of doing the like master Sudoku that you have to do.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: And it's annoying. I did. Okay. I didn't cheat, but I did have to look up to figure out. um, So the, it's this big Sudoku puzzle that like overlaps. So there's five individual puzzles and then they all overlap on like one corner. And normally in Nancy Drew games, if you complete a puzzle, she says like, great job. (laughs) Like you did it. And in this one, because there's five different segments to it, if you complete one segment, she doesn't say anything to you. So you still like. I guess what I'm saying is that like I don't know for sure that the ones I've completed are correct. I mean, I obviously think that they are because I've looked at them more than once. But I did have to like Google it to be like, is she? Am I wrong? Have I gotten this puzzle wrong? Or does she just not say anything? And she just doesn't tell you until you're completely done with it. Ugh, which is
1: annoying. It's part of the fun. It is.
0: Oh, also this one has a robotic cat.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: And adorable bento boxes. Yeah,
1: I was say, I remember yeah. having to, like, make all the bento boxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well... Anyway. I don't have any pop culture recommendations, but I will just second yours because mm-hmm. now I really want to play it again.
0: <laughs> I recommend it. It was pretty cheap on Amazon.
1: Yeah, I think I still have... Um, Oh, the Maybe. original one? No, I don't know if I had the... I think that was a disc, so I guess... Yeah, it was. Yeah, so I guess I'll have to download it. Um, mostly I just have to find time to play it. Yeah. Yeah, because those games are time sucks because, like... Oh, it's
0: taking up all of my time. All you want That's what do. I did all day yesterday was solve Sudoku puzzles and, like, wander around a rail system. <laughs> I played Pachinko. I don't know. I got a, I've gotten a lot done so far in this game.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm kind of curious to see now that, like... I've actually been on the Tokyo subway mm-hmm. recently, like how accurate that system is on the game. But
0: it's a really it's a pretty tough map. I was thinking like, yeah. oh, this part'll be really easy, but it it was actually it it did require actual real-world mass transit skills.
1: And you ha- it like closes at a certain time. So it you just have close. to like be in the right place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um okay, so uh like we said, next week. Um, uh, Something blue. Yeah, thank you. I was like, what did we say? <laughs> Something blue and hero. Hero. Um, but for this week, um, I think I'm team angel. Yeah. For I'll making the her. hard choice.
0: I'll be team angel.
1: Yeah. I mean, I All don't right. know who else, really. I know.
0: <laughs> I mean, Cord- Cordelia, maybe? Because I'm, I'm always Rough week Cordelia.
1: for... For team choices, honestly. Yeah, that's Um, true. Cool, yeah. Well, I'll talk to you next time. Okay. All right. Once More with Commentary is produced by me, Allie. And me, Ginny. Our theme music is from the album Rockingham by Nerf Herder. And our podcast logo is by Ryan Cooney. You can email us at scoobies at oncemorewithcommentary.com with any feedback, questions, comments that you have. And find us on Twitter and Instagram at omwc podcast.
0: You can also find our most recent episodes and any show notes at oncemorewithcommentary.com.